Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 172. On this episode, I've got an awesome conversation with the guys in Friend Circle, uh, F-R-N-D space C-R-C-L. Um, super dope dudes, and had a really good time talking with them. They uh, were all able to be there. And we talked about everything from kind of the pandemic state on because they were starting to build momentum. Some of you may be familiar with a couple of their songs, such as Famous. Um, And, you know, they were building this momentum. COVID happens and just totally deflates the the wind from their sails and um, forced everybody to restart like we've talked about a lot of times. But... For them, it was at a very uh, integral part of their career, and um, what came out of it was the new album, uh, which you guys can go check out now. That album is called Suburban Dictionary. Um, We talk a lot about that. We talk about the addition of a bassist and the, you know, lineup changes and things of that nature. Uh, and it's just this really cool conversation that I think you guys are going to enjoy. It, it gives you a really good inside look into who Friend Circle is, as well as this new album, Suburban Dictionary. So let's dive into it. This is my conversation with the guys in Friend Circle. So um, to kick things off, I do start with the same boring-ass question every time. Simple introduction. Let's go around the, the pool here and uh, <laughs> introduce yourselves and what you do in the band. All right. My name is Zach. I play guitar and sing in the band Friend Circle. I'm Aaron, and I play drums in Friend Circle. I'm Nick, and I play bass in Friend Circle. Awesome. Um, So really stoked to have you guys on. I've been familiar with you guys uh, since Famous dropped. So, you know, we're talking three years-ish now. Yeah. So... um, Big, big fan of what you guys have been doing. Really like the evolution of the sound. Let's talk about kind of what that was like for you guys, because Famous drops, it starts getting some traction, and then COVID hits, and you guys are like, well, fuck, now we can't do shit. Uh, yeah, that that's more or less it, man. I mean, <laughs> we put Famous out in November of 2018, or was it 19? Uh, Famous was end of 2019. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. it's yeah. And then, you know, we had all these songs ready for the album. And then I think literally two months before we, we like started getting shows together and shit. We're like, all right, this is going to be it, guys. We're doing a big release tour. We're going to do a nice release show. And then everything was ready to go and things shut down in March. So I think at our time, our manager was just like, you know what? Keep uh, making new music because that's all people really can do right now. Yeah. And then, and then to even go off of that, like, I don't know if Zach mentioned it. Um, there we go. He said, uh, we, we bought a van in that summer, too. And we were, you know, ready to hit the road. We, you know, we had our band vehicle. Like Zach said, we had a bunch of shows booked. Famous dropped, and we were, you know, doing very well, surprisingly. We were, you know, ready to take on, you know, a wrap of show, shows. But unfortunately, everything shut down in March. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be a little bit deflating, right, at that point, because, again, the, the momentum's building. You can see the goal, if you will, with the tours and stuff like that, and then everything goes away, and it's like, 
you almost start to question like, is it worth it? You know, what's next? How do we do this? Yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's totally accurate. We were wondering, I mean, nobody knew how long it was going to last. Like, uh, okay. Unfortunately, like we were planning out the release of our album, you know, that included Famous and trying to, there were times like, well, we should hold off on the release because maybe COVID will end in a few months and, you know, have a better release then. Like, you know, it was just the state of the unknown and it, it sucked, but, you know, we did have some good things come out of it. Yeah. And like, sometimes I wonder if like complications would have existed if like the pandemic didn't happen because yeah. like it was an idea that happened during that time. It's like, I don't know. It's something I always think about. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you never know. Right. I mean, as shitty as, as the pandemic was and everything, it also is a silver lining looking back on it. Now, you know, you can see that silver lining of like, okay, well, could we have done this? Or, you know, would these things have happened to us? Um, and I think the, the one advantage it sucks for you guys because you were building that, that momentum, but the one advantage was it was across the board. So no bands were out there, you know, getting ahead of you, quote unquote, because they couldn't tour either. Everybody had to stop and reset. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was a weird time for sure. You know, it's, it's weird looking back on it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's one of those things it feels, it almost feels like it's been forever, right? Like it's been a year of, you know, no real restrictions anymore, things like that. So it feels like a long time some days. And then other days you look at stuff and you're like, man, that literally just fucking happened. Like it's not that long ago. Dude, I still think 2019 was like two years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I tell people all the time, those two years didn't exist. Like they're just out of the timeline. The concept of time is just completely worked now. Mm -hmm. And of course, as like millennials, I'm assuming you're around like our age or so, like it's like something always happens, whether it's like some like history defining thing and we're just yeah. like, hey, can we get a break? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I'm 38. So, yeah, I mean, everything from the Twin Towers, you know, the Operation Desert Storm, all that shit, Bin Laden, like we've seen a lot of shit in our lifetimes and these kids nowadays are like not that don't get me wrong i'm not saying covid wasn't a big deal but like you've seen covid like i remember y2k and people were like all the computers in the world are gonna be obsolete and just die like no <laughs> yeah. yeah so um let's talk about the the new album suburban dictionary you guys just released that um about three days ago, four days ago, as we're talking here. Um, let's talk about just how refreshing it is to start putting out the new music and kind of rebuild that momentum. Um, you guys have poured a lot into this album. Talk about what went into this process and kind of knowing what you wanted to structure it as. Uh, well, I guess besides our blood, sweat, and tears, and uh, I guess just ultimate passion for the projects um and like money i guess just like a lot of time has been dedicated to making this happen and we were at a point where we weren't sure where the band was going to go because like a couple of our old members ended up leaving and around that time you know like aaron and i were working on the music and so we just decided okay fuck it we're going to see what we can do and 
make some music and ultimately we just really doubled down and focusing on the next album and i guess in a way like at the time i wasn't really thinking like oh we're gonna rebuild momentum because i think the sound at least to me feels more like it was like what i wanted to do it's different yeah. we, we you yeah. can still attract fans to internet noise as well and that could gain traction even a couple of years like later well that's an interesting point too because the song can really catch on at any point in time now like the stranger things affect i guess people yeah. call it that one song but yeah, I, guess, I guess i'm just like i don't know i feel like it's more rewarding now to me personally yeah yeah so let's dive into you know you guys are not necessarily like changing your sound but you've evolved the sound right it's grown over the years what's gone into this idea of building what i think is a fairly unique sound to yourselves versus following the blueprint if you will of what traditional pop punk is You know, I think it's good to, in some ways, like give a tip of your hat to the artists that may have inspired you without copying them. And I don't know if there's anything that could really be heard. I guess I just, uh, yeah, I would say I like, I mean, I, I get a lot of people that will say, Oh, you guys sound like Blink-182. Like, that's like the number one thing. And I'm like, that's great. I love that. They're my favorite band. Right. But <laughs> more so, I'm getting people that are saying, it sounds like Friend Circle. And I guess to me, like, it's almost like I don't understand that. Because like my girlfriend will say that too. Like, she'll, like I'll write something and I'll show her and she'll say, that sounds like Friend Circle. And I'll be like, I almost don't know what that means in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think like before maybe we tried to put, you know, past music through different uh through too many filters, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I think with this album, how it became, you know, more naturally. Um, you know, Zach writes a bulk of the songs and he comes with a basic idea and you know, he would bring them to practice. I would just, you know, make beats off the top of my head on what would sound good with it. And, you know, we try not to mess with that. You know, we fine-tuned it here and there where it, need, where it needed, uh, you know, some adjustments. But, let, like, you know, a lot of people say this is friend circle. And I, w I would agree with that statement because, you know, it's coming to what sounds good to us. And like I said, it all, it, it flows naturally. Yeah. And, it, well, and I think it's important, you know, like, obviously to do it in a organic and authentic way, but building your own sound for the longevity of the band is going to be the most crucial thing because then you don't have to worry about people saying, Oh, they're just being blink 182 or all time low or whoever, like, no, that, you know, that is a friend circle song. Um, and I think it's, it's unique in for you guys, the way that you kind of meld a lot of the kind of like the fringe of pop punk, right. Or the fringe of punk, like, it's not all just that core base. You're doing a little bit of like a more surf punk. You've got a little bit of a more, you know, skate punk in some of them. Like you're taking these subgenres and blending them all into this one unique sound. That's cool. Cause I hear 
when like people talk about Post Malone, he kind of does something similar. Like, like when he talks about how he makes music, he says, I get influences from everything, like whether it's like classic Bob Dylan or it's like maybe like a new like uh, hip hop song. Yeah. And he's not like subjected to one thing, which is something I do like about modern music. It's almost like there's no fucking rules. And while like I did want to make this album cohesive in the sound, I'm also glad that we have like like Orange Tang, I feel like it's like a, it's a different song. Like it's more in the pop rock field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that we can do evolution from earlier singles to new material. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of go through the the tracks one of the things i don't do anymore uh because i've been doing this forever now uh this is my 19th year doing music journalism so uh i stopped asking people like what does this song mean because i don't want to take it away from whatever connection people make to it right like you you don't want them to be like man this is this is about me and my girlfriend and how in love we are and you're like yeah i wrote that about my dog dying so sorry like (laughs) um but I do want to hear, like, conceptually, as you're building these these songs and putting together the track listing and stuff like that, what's it take for you guys? You know, you guys kind of touched on it with coming up with a core concept, bringing it to the band, jamming it out to see what what feels right. When you start fleshing them out into that demo format, though, where does your mind go criteria-wise on, is this good enough to make an effort towards, or do we scrap this now? Ooh. Hmm. That's all. Yeah, because we do ideas sometimes, and you and I probably wrote a lot of stuff for this album. And then... Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it goes back to what we enjoy and what's, you know, kind of like sounds like front and circle. We did, there were, like we were just talking the other day on what songs you know didn't make the cut for the album um and you know we just wanted a sound that was you know like zach said cohesive all together that you know flows from one into the next and um i think we did a good job doing that i think we you know with some unwritten stuff going into the studio our uh producer tyler sky um he helped us out you know kind of you know kind of blend it all together and uh, I think, you know, that's the overall goal that we wanted as to making this record. Yeah, yeah. I guess, like a songwriting perspective too. Um, it's, this album was not like a one draft. I know exactly what's gonna go here. It, it right. took the greater part of the pandemic and I think endless mental toil to kind of configure the album order. And, you know, what songs should get a 43-second introduction interlude and why it should get that. And it took a lot of, like, I guess, like, mental and, I don't know how to put it, but, like, I wanted to picture how this would sound live. And then I right. took that and brought those themes up there. And, like, while we were writing, like, okay, picture this being played at like the biggest show we've ever fucking played in our lives and just like how would you want to perceive a band going on stage that is us like almost taking ourselves out of the picture and looking at it from the fan perspective i think that was important 
a lot of the choruses, especially of the music and just like making it as like anthemic as we possibly can, but also yeah. not like seven, I guess. <laughs> right. Plus, really good basis to help. That's you. true. So we recruited a bassist last August, my older brother, Nick. Um, so, you know, I, I get shit on for this all the time, but without a good bassist and a good drummer, a band is shit. All right. Like they carry it. No offense, but lyricist and vocalist can be replaced. You can't replace a good set of drums and bass. Thank you. That, 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 that makes me feel good now. Yeah. yeah. Um, well together it's uh i don't know it's interesting i mean my brother is a great songwriter and you know he came to me and basically um you know said i have this material that's ready do you think you can learn it do you think you can play it so you know that's going on about 12 months ago so that's kind of been like my journey with it and i think it really is kind of amazing to see like you know somebody who's a really gifted songwriter just like all right you know i've had this time off from being able to play in a band so this is, you know, these are the songs I want to play, and I just want to take a shot with it. Like, do you think you can help me do it and be successful? I'm just like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think to like further build on that, me and Aaron have what eight years of chemistry together. Yeah. And it's interesting and pretty cool to see Nick start to build that with us as well. Yeah. There'll be like the practice we're working on an idea, and like me and him almost don't have to speak sometimes that we can just play in the moment and then nick will be like i don't know what's going on and then we'll just be like we're just jamming and then he starts to kind of pick up on it so it's interesting to see it in process or in progress i guess yeah well i think you know even with you guys being brothers you have to build that as a separate unit right like the band is a family in a sense but it's a different type of chemistry when you're trying to figure out the sounds and know like, okay, can I come in at this point? What's, what's my direction with this? Or can I make a, you know, as weird as it sounds, finding your voice to say, Hey, I think we should go in this direction instead of what you guys are working on and feel comfortable doing that as the new guy. Yeah. And it's happening more and more. And honestly, I like a little bit of feedback. That's not like, from a rhythm section no yeah. offense to Aaron but it's it's <laughs> nice having like, the rhythm dictionary it's like okay I'm I'm doing all this because it was just me and him at the time but now I have somebody to help me with the you know like the chord progressions and you know what note goes here maybe we should do this so I think like the next new stuff is even going to be more special yeah for sure um so you know with this album it it's not a true concept album in the sense of like it's not Coheed and Cambria, right? You you didn't write a comic book story here. Um, but I there is obviously an overarching message and you guys kind of talked about it in the press release with this. It's this spiritual revolution that's going on, um, going through the pandemic, kind of having to reprioritize life and things like that and assess what's going on around you. How important is it for you to be that transparent and kind of vulnerable with your lyrics about what's going on in that um super important i i feel like yeah it's and it's weird because sometimes i'll listen and i'll be like damn i'm really pouring my heart out right now but it feels good to do that i think yeah. that's like part of like the reason i make music because it's almost like a creative therapy 
you could say it's like high risk, high reward. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, like I'm just thinking of the new stuff too, and like it's like that, and it's getting more poetic, which I think is a good thing. Like you know, it's not like an enigma Easter egg of lyrics that you have to decipher. It's just like you know, this is what it is. Take it for what it is. You know. Yeah. Well, and I I think there's a there's a fine line a lot of times between let's use all the metaphors and make this really pretty story in the song versus we can use pretty words, but I want the message to be clear so that there isn't a misinterpretation. Yeah. And like you said earlier, you don't want to take away somebody's interpretation of a song. And I had, well, I saw earlier today, somebody made a, um, they wrote up an article and they were saying like what this song meant to them and it was interesting to see their perspective because it wasn't exactly what I was thinking and yeah. I was like you know you take out of it what you see I guess and I I do appreciate that aspect of this like you're not you know let's not make it a black and white thing take from it what you see from it. yeah well and you you never know you know like I think we all could agree we've got songs that we've grown up with and whatnot that if we went to the artist and said, hey, man, you know, this song means this to me, they would probably be like, okay, that's cool. It's not what it meant. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not where I intended that to go. And I think it's cool, though, because it, it really plays into, no pun intended there, it plays into the idea that, you know, music is this universal language and has such this, this healing property that people can connect their own life story to your songs and your words and go, okay, I can get through this because of this, or I can appreciate this more because of this. Right. And that's where the theme of it comes in. Like, in general, I felt like these are things that a lot of people experience. And while it may not be because of you know reason X, Y, or Z, it's more like the whole alphabet, but maybe somebody feels like, okay, the letters B and C, and then maybe somebody else looks at it as the letters, you know, like, I don't know, Q and R, just like, yeah. as an example. And, you know, Suburban Dictionary is like a collective consciousness of feeling of, like, people that are basically average people. And that's what I think the title, well, that's what I wanted the title. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it fits, too. You know, having listened through the album a couple times already, um, I think it, it does fit this, you know, Suburban Dictionary being this like title of look up your problems in a sense. You know what I mean? Like here's here's a Suburban Dictionary. Look up your problem and listen to this song. Like it's this reference guide, if you will, of how to get through the day, the week, whatever. That's interesting. I haven't really thought of it like that, but I like that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, uh, fuck California. We have to, right. It, it's the push, push song right now. Um, you know, as a Midwesterner, I've said fuck California for a very long time, but for a variety of different reasons, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but for you guys, what, you know, again, without necessarily the, the exact specifics, like the mentality of fuck California, what does that mean for you guys? Um, in the sense of, I'm sure there's some creative frustrations there. It's, you know, political, it's 
life in general, right? Yeah, I mean, usually at this part, I like to mess with people and just say like, no, I just hate California, even though I've never been there. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like, um, I guess like, uh, I like the way, I like the way we do things. I don't know how to put it, but like, you always hear about like, um, California people are kind, but not nice. So nice. It's one of those, like, yeah. nice whereas people on the East coast are kind, but not nice. And yeah. I guess like another inspiration that I would draw from is like, uh, what's that one song? Lord song, uh, Royals, mm-hmm. where, um, you know, she makes this line about the town's not very pretty, but they sure know how to run things. And yeah. I kind of take that as like any like mentality, like like we know what we're doing, even though despite like California's like the music mecca, it feels like, or like you know, there's Hollywood and they got everything all figured out over there. I've had so many people that are like, you know, if you go to California, your music's gonna pop off, blah blah blah. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, there's a lot of success, successful bands and artists from New Jersey as well. We don't necessarily have to live up to that, you know grandiose lifestyle in order to make it in music yeah well i think that's kind of where i i took it too for my interpretation again doing music journalism for almost 20 years now the for whatever reason california is still seen as the music industry right like everything happens in california it's where all the labels are it's that's the perception anyway so that's kind of what I took from it was this kind of mentality of like, fuck the major industry, right? Like fuck the big labels, fuck all that. Like we're doing our thing and we're going to make it one way or the other. Hell yeah. 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 So obviously you guys are still very DIY. Let's talk about that because I try to put this out there as often as I can to especially casual fans, right? We, you mentioned it earlier on blood, sweat, tears, and money go into making this album, but I don't think casual listeners understand the, the actual investment of all that stuff. We're talking, you know, late nights, working a, a day job and still trying to make music. You're taking whatever's left of a paycheck and buying recording studio time, shit like that. Like what, what's it been like for you guys pushing forward through this DIY ethos? Um, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, we all, you know, we all still work nine to five jobs. Um, and then, you know, whatever time we have this, this is literally treated like a full-time job in, you know, with, a, with whatever time we have left in our day um, from, you know, Zach does a lot of, spends a lot of time booking shows, you know, we spent a lot of time organizing this release you know you try to plan for future months but you know things take time and things are tedious and before you know it those three months have passed and you know you're still trying to figure out this one task um you know a lot of effort has to go into it you know me and zach we've been doing this for you know six or seven years now and you know we've had backing of uh some labels and some management and we have a good manager behind us now but you know there's still a lot of a lot of task and responsibility that falls on our shoulders, you know, from you know, getting merch ordered, planning shows, uh, you know, setting up time in studio. And 
you know how it works. Everything costs money and uh, there's not enough money to go around nowadays, but um, we try to make it work because we enjoy doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I don't know that I fully understood it back when he told me this in 2011. Uh, so I'm friends with MC Lars. I've done a lot of interviews with him, stuff like that. And he was on Warp Tour. I think it was around 2011. And he made the the kind of offhand comment that he's a t-shirt salesman that happens to make music because that's the way the industry was moving. <laughs> and at, at the time, I just kind of laughed it off like, okay, yeah, you know, whatever. And as time has progressed, I'm like, no, like that shit's real, especially with streaming, you know, doesn't really pay as much as it should and shit like that. So like the only way to return your investment is to sell t-shirts, to sell merch, to do shows, things like that. Like it, it's really tough to recoup what you put in, in a monetary sense. But I think you all would agree that you can validate it through the like emotional uh, response that you get from playing it. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a lot of work too, because I mean, I find that DIYing it means we have to be ready to play at venues large enough to like play through a sound system and some where it's, it's like just you know amps on stage and the whole thing um and yeah I mean like we don't work with like a guitar tech or anything we do like a lot of the stuff ourselves like you know it's super a lot of work on top of everything that you know they do running social media and whatnot it's just like um yeah it's like a it's like another job but it's like one that's like more rewarding i guess than like the stuff that i do you know to have like health insurance and, and other money that's how yeah. I would put it, I guess. yeah um so speaking of you know booking tours and stuff let's talk about the upcoming tour you guys have um quite a few dates about uh i can't count off the top of my head here about 15 dates lined up already according to the release i've got you're hitting uh a little bit of everywhere on this Obviously, you're being intentional with it, but talk about, you know, some of these, the desire, I guess, to get as far across the country as possible, but obviously to be as smart about where you're playing at the same time. Oh, good one. So we all know what a traditional tour looks like. I mean, the routing makes sense, but we also want to, you know, be smart with like our jobs, you know, making sure we can do that and also hit our major cities. So I think the goal for us is to hit the markets we think, hope for, fingers crossed, we'll do well. Um, just slowly build our fan bases up until we can literally afford to and be given the connections to get on a tour that's gonna be worthwhile financially. Um, because, you know, it's gonna look, of course it looks great, when you do a tour like that but it's not really great for anybody's wallet right and doing everything diy it doesn't make sense for us to do that so in that sense fuck california aka fuck the industry we're going to do what we want to do and it makes sense <laughs> for us yeah but and i think you know we're in this really weird time especially coming out of covid where we have more information than we could ever possibly want, right? Between social media analytics, Spotify analytics, stuff like that to tell you like where your fan base is 
appear to be. But the real trick is, cool, you know, Chicago is one of the big cities, according to Spotify, for you guys. That's great. Let's show up. And if they don't show up, maybe we don't do Chicago again for a while. You know, like, that's got to be the mindset, because we have to go where it makes sense for us to not spend a thousand dollars and only get a hundred bucks back we can't keep doing that forever you know right um so of these these dates that you guys have picked out there's a lot of really cool places what are some of the ones that you're excited for any of them that you're returning to visit or is this kind of a fresh start for you on it um yeah, I think I think for me personally, I think Chicago is my uh, number one choice. We've been trying to hit the Midwest for a while now, and for some reason we haven't ventured over. I mean, the farthest we went, I think, was Ohio so far. Yeah, Toledo. Yeah, Toledo. Um, you know, uh, it's like you said, it's um, it's one of our top markets according to our data, and I'm curious to try some deep dish deep dish pizza as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chicago. I hope it, I hope it does well because it's one of our top streaming cities, and then like, also like London, which is crazy because like, we were trying to figure out how to get there, and it's just like I don't know if it's possible this year, but I mean, it, it's we have to try, right? I mean, if that's what the yep. data said, and then if we get like like the show we have in Chicago has a lot of great Chicago bands, and the people I talk to are like. This is gonna sell fuck out. This is gonna sell fuck out, and I'm like, fucking hope it is, because we're going halfway across the country, <laughs> uh, putting a lot of pressure on ourselves, put on a good show. These people have been digitally streaming us and looking, uh, not like looking up to us, but like they probably expect something when right. we finally get there. So we're gonna do our best, put on a kick-ass show, and hopefully they remember us when we come back next time and play a crowd twice as big three times as big and then who knows maybe we get on that tour that'll get us to the next level yeah well and i think that's one of those things where um i talk a lot about making those connections networking stuff like that you know so to your point that chicago show's got some great bands who knows who they can introduce you to or what their next move is and maybe that next move is Hey, we're going to the UK in, you know, March of 24. You guys want to come along? Like, yeah, fuck it. We're in. Um, I think it's a really cool uh, kind of plan for like, I think you have the right mindset for it, I guess is what I'm trying to get at that playing these strategic cities to start with, see where we're going to be able to build the voice, the fan base, things like that. Uh, and hopefully elevate from there. Um, I also just double checked the the subterranean one. The Chicago show is probably the closest to me as well. I'm in Indianapolis area, uh, so it's about three and a half hours to get to Chicago for me. Uh, but you're looking at a, a set with uh, Telltale and Sundressed, who are absolutely fucking insane on the scene right now. Um, and I think you know my i've got friends that are in bands in chicago i've got friends that just shoot shows up in chicago stuff like that and i think chicago is beautifully diverse but also uniquely heavy 
in the pop punk scene. You know, they've had so many amazing pop punk bands come out. They know what they're looking for in those bands. So to say that you guys are even just streaming well there, I think says that you're on the right path because that that fan base knows fallout boy came from there rise against came from there you know what i mean they've they've got so many bands that they know what they're looking for oh yeah that's great yeah we got to think about places where we could get some good live footage as well to try to you know do well on our youtube channel and i guess sorry we have loud people over here all good Yeah. And then there's the other side of that coin too, like having a good online presence uh, with TikTok and everything. Mm-hmm. It, it almost like, I don't, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but there's bands that have like millions of monthly listeners and a really big TikTok following, but like they play smaller venues and then you have like bands way smaller that sell out stages. Like, what is that factor? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I want. I think I would rather just be the best band we can be musically. Try to present our brand in the best way we can, and just seeing where that goes. Yeah, for sure. And you know, like, not knocking them by any means, but a couple of the bands that came to mind when you mentioned the TikTok thing. You know, Pierce the Veil saw a resurgence because of TikTok. Um, Bad Omens has done crazy shit because of TikTok and they're they're both insanely talented obviously but to your point like how did Bad Omens go from relatively unknown to selling out every fucking show that they're doing now because some hot chicks you know used their song on TikTok like what happened <laughs> here <laughs> right and I- I get like every musician has their own story and their own path. And I think for us, especially for me, it's like a songwriter. I just want to do what feels right. Yeah. For myself and, you know, make the best decisions we can as a group and see what happens. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, you know, this scene is the pop punk scene is a place of authenticity anyway, right? Like, not to sound like a gatekeeper, but anybody that's listened to pop punk or punk for a very long time can sniff out the people that aren't authentic and aren't serious about it, that are just trying to come in with their hands out and try to get whatever money they can. Like, we don't stand for that. We want the people that clearly, you know, have this passion in the scene. Yeah. Agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah. Uh, so as 2023 rolls on, you guys, you know, we've just said the, the tour and stuff like that. What are some other things people can look forward to? What are you, uh, allowed to talk about as far as, uh, music videos, other releases, things like that. The new album, obviously we're going to be pushing as hard as we can for you as well, but, um, just kind of what can people expect? Um, yeah, I mean, as of right now, we're pushing the album as much as we can, you know, trying to get it as, uh, into into the hands of many people as possible um we will be making vinyls for the first time this year for suburban dictionary which we're stoked on um you know a new batch of merchandise you know themed around the album and you know just spreading the word of friend circle right now and for the summer whether it's through our music and streaming or you know playing shows um 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else we can talk about. I know we've we've briefly discussed um, heading into the studio, maybe to record some bonus songs or uh, maybe some acoustic songs which we've never tried before. Um, we're just trying to go get out of our comfort zone, you know, and um, try and experiment with any other yeah. different things. He's being modest. The next two albums are ready to go. Oh, God. <laughs> so if any labels are listening, just <laughs> ever stop making music. No. Over last winter, no, Suburban Dictionary was done, was done, and I recorded a bunch of demos. You came over and worked on those demos. Yep. Expect, this isn't going to be it for us, for sure. I'm going to flex on us, flex on ourselves a little bit. We've got, <laughs> we've got material ready to go. Uh, okay. We've got, we're talking about bonus shit, and we've got a new album. Okay, and yeah, when, when he says we have an album, yes, in his mind, he, he knows what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, I have yet to hear all these tracks. And so, Nick, you have the file. I'm the one who has to write everything out. So, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, we'll <laughs> sign off on that. Sure. Still, still, yes, we do have many plans. It's just, uh, yeah. as of right now, it's Suburban Dictionary. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned vinyls. I, I have to ask, you know, going back to the DIY thing, that's a, ver a very serious uh, investment that I don't think fans understand, especially post the yeah. pandemic. Uh, thanks Taylor Swift and I think it was Beyonce that broke the fucking vinyl industry with having so many out there that like it it delayed so many other records stuff like that what went into that decision making for you guys that we're going to make an effort towards vinyl and really have a cemented piece of legacy with it you know I mean, I, I think it's something we wanted to do with our last album, too. Um, it's just something that it, it didn't happen. And like you said, Beyonce, and I, I believe it was Adele who was holding it all up. So Maybe it was, you, yeah. Yeah, so thank you to those two. Way to go, Adele. It's something we've always wanted to do. You know, uh, we all collect vinyls in our own time. And, you know, we wish we could have done internet noise at the time. Maybe we still do it in the future. But Suburban Dictionary, when we wrote out our goals for this album, vinyls was on top of that list. Yeah. And um, we were determined to make it happen, you know, and make the correct, you know, uh, the smart financial decisions in order to make that happen. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so kind of as we move towards the end here, uh, I refuse to sit down. Like I said, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I refuse to sit down and come up with better exit questions. So I bought this game called Hot Takes. I'm just going to ask you guys a couple cards off them. They're like shitty opinions or like controversial questions. So uh, the first one I think is pretty simple. It's that aliens exist. Agree. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that as well. There's some, some type of life forms out there. Yeah. It's a zero possibility. <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things. The universe is in even if we're not going with like the traditional movie aliens, right? Like some sort of life exists somewhere in the universe. It's too big to say that we're the only creatures that exist yes. anywhere. Very likely. Yep. Within the scope of what we can observe, it would be, you can't say for certain that only humans exist. Right. Plus it's a great blank. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, the next one is going to be that birthdays are overrated. Birthdays? Birthdays? Like, birthdays. Birthday. Like a birthday party type thing, yeah. Okay. Um, ooh. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of indifferent. I think, I think when it, you 
when you're thinking about yourself, yeah, birthdays are kind of overrated. Maybe to the, you know, your family and friends, not so much. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. When you get older, you don't really think, yeah, my birthday is coming up. Yeah, so right. I, would, I would agree. Yeah, I'm indifferent. Yeah, I, yeah. I think for me, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, it's as I've gotten older, I care less and less about my birthday. Like, okay, fuck it. It's another day, whatever. Uh, but I do try to make sure that, that friends and family get told happy birthday and all that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. And then the last one is going to be a musical one uh, that I think is a pretty hot take, but the Beatles are overrated. Not at all. They are not overrated. <laughs> I, I, love, I love me some Beatles. I'm downvoting that into oblivion. The first Tame Impala uh, record, one of them, sounds a lot like something John Lennon would have wrote because it's brilliant like Jesus Christ their legacy still exists today yeah yeah I can't really get behind that just yeah. seeing like the song wrote and like like they're like the Blink-182 of their generation to me and you know while they may have been the first band to like take advantage of like televised music yeah. they had great songs to back it up so I can't yeah no I yeah. I agree with you guys I think I think the people that are against the Beatles or think that they're overrated or whatever don't truly understand the impact that they had on the music industry. Like when you, even if you were to take away the songwriting, the, the way that they negotiated contracts, the, just the fan bases that they were able to acquire in a time where the internet did not exist is absolutely fucking insane. Mm-hmm. I play bass and I'm left-handed, so I will always carry the banner for falling apart as being one of the greatest songwriters of all time. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, so as we wrap up here, obviously I'll link all the socials and stuff, but what's the best place for people to find you, interact online, things like that? Light it. <laughs> oh, we got a sparkler. <laughs> got a whole carton of fireworks here. No, light it. Not working. <laughs> okay, the best place to find us. Um, well, you can find us on any social media platform. I feel like Instagram is the best. TikTok being the second best. I don't know what this is going to do. Hopefully it doesn't blow up. <laughs> yeah, friendcircle.com. Uh, we, we are at friendcircle on all social media platforms. And um, yeah, that's where you can find us. Is this an awesome. insect? <laughs> is it just one of the lighting sticks? Here. It might be a lighting stick. Way to go, Nick. You gave me the wrong one. <laughs> you probably don't buy fireworks at your uh, local shop. Right? Yeah, your local shop, right? Your it's Fourth of July weekend, damn it. We're going to celebrate. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Um, yeah, I think that's... Thank you very much for um, having us on your show. It's there been we a go. pleasure. There we go. Now we got a sparkler. It's a video. Uh, get up, cocksuckers. It's all over. <laughs> awesome. friend, everything friendcircle.com friend circle slash merch to get your merchandise from us awesome out now we'll we'll definitely be linking it we'll be broadcasting as much as we can i am going to try i can't promise yet i have to look at the schedule but i will try to be at that chicago show with you guys um and we'll see what happens man i'm i'm stoked for you guys like i said i've i've been familiar with you since famous drop so to see it kind of pushing forward again is is really cool um and i think hopefully i'm right about this 
I think it's going to be just a matter of time. You're going to have something that pops off and people are going to be like, where the fuck have I been? Why have I not been listening to these guys? Appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah we appreciate the comments as always. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Hopefully that does happen. And yeah, if you can make it out, that'd be awesome. We will have to book a show in, you said what, in Indiana? Yeah, Indianapolis area would be would be ideal. Uh, I can actually, when you guys are ready, if you have a, uh, a schedule or whatever, let me know. I know a, a booker or two down in Indy that can probably get you in. So be in touch with you then. Sounds yeah, good. Absolutely. Awesome guys. I appreciate it. Go enjoy the, the rest of the day. Happy 4th of July. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch soon. Thank awesome. you. Take care. Enjoy your holiday. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Thanks Peace. man. See you. And that was my conversation with the guys in friend circle. Hope you enjoyed that. Huge shout out to them because we actually recorded that conversation on the 4th of July. Uh, So, you know, taking away from their celebration and ours uh, a little bit, but it was totally worth it. Um, Definitely, as always, I'm going to link all the socials. Definitely want you guys to go over, uh, give them the like, share, subscribe, follow, all that shit. Let them know that you listen to the podcast. Let them know if you've listened to the new album. Um... They are working on setting up some tour dates. They've got a very short Midwest run coming out. Um, No hard confirmed dates that I can give you guys yet, but there is stuff in the works. Um, And yeah, it's going to be really dope. So that's everything I've got for you guys on this episode. Uh, If you could, as always, go give us a like, share, subscribe, and follow. Facebook and Instagram are where we're most active. We're trying to get the YouTube rolling I'm a one-man show, so sometimes it's hard to to get everything put up where it needs to be. Uh, TikTok, same story. And we started Threads. Uh, I'm still not sure how I feel about it yet, but there is a little bit of activity on Threads as well if you want to follow us over there. So uh, thank you guys so much. I appreciate everything you do for me in this podcast. And as always, remember, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And you make the scene.